Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, Daily Inspirations, with your host, Kylie Kern. And I'm so happy you guys get to be here with me today. So sit down, grab a bowl of oats, and you will be good to go. Hey guys, long time no talk. It's been since last year, April, which is really bad, but I'm so glad I get to start season two off strong with an amazing guest, and I'm so happy I get to start it out with Isabel. So that is who we will be talking to, so let's get into it. All right. Well, I'm so excited that you're going to be my first guest on my podcast this year. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm stoked too. Honestly, like I've followed your page for a hot minute now and I'm like, she's so cute. Like it'd be so nice to talk to her. So, That's so <laughs> I'm really sweet. Happy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like when I first started my account, you and some other accounts were the first people that I gravitated towards. Oh, and, really? Yeah, like recovery and just like wellness and just everything's, you know, positive, but also being real and showing your reality of your life. Oh, that's so nice to hear. I really like, I try to be as open and like genuine as I can on my page while also like maintaining some boundaries for myself. But yeah, I'm really glad that that comes across to you know, people who follow, like that, that makes me happy to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we get into some questions, um, how about you like introduce yourself, like your page, um, any other platforms you'd like to talk about? Sure. So my name is Isabel. Um, I'm 23. I live in New York and I am all about like anti-diet culture, recovering and healing your relationship with food and body food freedom, all of that. Um, I'm an eating disorder therapist assistant. So like, it's my passion and my work. I really love it. Um, I run Isabel's Plate on Instagram. That's like my main platform that I started a couple of years ago. And it's kind of like shifted and grown with me through my own journey, which is cool. And um, yeah, I just started TikTok. I feel like it's, it's not even worth mentioning here. It's like so early in like the stages of a TikTok page, but I've just started going into that. <laughs> yeah, I have a TikTok page, but you know, I just post random things on it instead of keeping it fully, I guess you could say business, but I just do it for fun, yeah. Yeah, I feel like Instagram and TikTok are such different animals completely. <laughs> and I'm like so used to like editing an aesthetic picture or video for Instagram where TikTok is not that way. Like I kind of use it like how you were saying more just for fun and like in the moment, let me just whip out my phone and record something for and sure. post it. Yeah. So for sure. I definitely see people who are more on the TikTok side, like they're more, I don't know, into putting their entire life on TikTok rather than Instagram. Whereas I like us were more focused on putting your passion in Instagram and yeah. Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see as I learn more about TikTok, like it's just a totally different <laughs> beast, yeah, but yeah, sure. that's a little bit about me and I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so you live in New York. That is pretty awesome. That's like all the way across the world from where I live. 
Like I live in Oregon, so that's like on the other side of the country. I've actually really wanted to visit the Northwest. I feel like that's an underrated part of the country. Like maybe that's just me. I don't know. I feel like I would love to travel to Washington and Oregon. I've never been over there. I've been to LA once, but that's totally different. So yeah. uh, definitely like LA is, I mean, it's definitely, there's like palm trees. It's not like hilly and like, I don't know. It's not tropical. I've only been to LA once. So it's definitely different than Oregon. Yeah, that would be cool though. I'm, again, I'm really glad we got to like, find a time that works for both of us I know that like it was tricky finding a time and yeah. you're like early in the morning for you so I really appreciate you putting aside the time of course and I know you have to get going so I will <laughs> um keep this short so for today's episode we are going to talk about some like some tips for eating disorder recovery and just overall how you over like not overcame it or you know, going through the process, just knowing that it's okay to know that recovery is not linear and that there's still rocky paths in the road, even if you're recovering. Yeah, totally. So my recovery journey started my senior year of college. So that was like 2021, the spring, or I guess like fall, but for real, the spring of 2021. Um, and I think right off the bat, like the first tip I have, if you can call it a tip is like starting when you're really ready, because it can be, obviously it's a lot. It's like the hardest thing that I've gone through in my life personally. I'm sure other people can relate to that. And like starting that when you're not in the place to actually make change is kind of just, I don't want to say a waste of time, but it's just kind of a waste of time, honestly. Like I started my journey and then I dropped out. I was not ready for it. I was not willing to put in the work. And I, I think I didn't actually want the change yet. And I waited like a month or so at home. And eventually I like reached a point where staying the same was scarier than changing. And that's when I actually had the motivation to put in the work. So I feel like that's my first tip is like, you kind of have to hit rock bottom, like a point where everything just flips, where you're ready to put in the work. Um, so yeah, that's just like something important. I feel like it's a little underrated, maybe not spoken about as much. Um, just like the mental, like the mindset you need to have to go into it. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I had a few friends wanting to know, like, how do you not confess necessarily, but talk to other people like your parents and tell them that you're struggling like do you have any tips on how to do that yeah that was a big like hurdle for me because I knew I had an issue in the summer before I left for my senior year so I was home and I was like I need to talk to my parents like this needs to change I need to do something about this but I froze up so I totally understand like it's impossible it can feel impossible to do that Again, I feel like it just comes down to when you hit that rock bottom and you're just like, I can't stay the same. And so I just picked up the phone and called my mom. And basically, I feel like you don't have to go into super, you know, nitty gritty details if you don't want. You could just say like, hey, I have really been struggling with my relationship with food, exercise, body, like whatever you want to say. 
and I could really use some support and help in my healing journey, or like, I want to start healing. I could really use some support in that. Um, and you can just come across it or come about it like that, where you're looking for support rather than fix me kind of mentality, because that I feel like isn't the best like approach to it, but just coming from a place of like looking for support and love and yeah, you don't have to go into super detail. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, when I told my parents, I mean, they were in a way really sad and devastated. Like, how did I let this happen to my daughter? And it's like, well, I mean, exactly like what you said, I don't want you to fix me, but I want you to help me with this process. I want you to be here for me. And you can be sad, but in most ways, can you be happy for me that I took this step to be in recovery and not let this ongoing thing happen? So, yeah, because yeah. that's a huge step, like coming to terms with the fact that like I have a problem as opposed to I'm just living healthy, like that's a huge step. And even just like coming to terms with that, let alone telling someone else that is massive. So totally like my parents, they were definitely sad. They also knew <laughs> they were like, we know Isabel, like we've seen it. We like my parents or I guess more so my mom and sister were very like attentive to my habits. So they would come to me and be like, Hey, like, what's this about? Or like, why are you doing that? Or whatever, things like that. And I shut them down every time I was like, I blew up at them and just tried to gaslight basically. <laughs> and I was like, you don't know what you're talking about, actually. Like I'm healthy and this is all good. Um, so they knew, which made it easier telling them. I'm sure like a lot of people can relate to that too. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, gaslighting, I feel like in recovery or just eating disorders is normal because you don't want to admit that you have it, but admitting that is the first step to actually getting better and realizing that you're struggling. So I feel like yeah. that's, a, yeah. Yeah, it's like the gaslighting and honestly the lying that an eating disorder makes you do is crazy. Like, <laughs> like for no reason other than to protect itself because it doesn't want to like let go of you. Um, yeah, so that is crazy. It is, yeah, the gaslighting, the lying, the little like fibs that add up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the next tip that I, the whole, I don't know, recovery you could say, community, I've asked some people, they wanted to know, like, how, what are some things people could help you, like comments on what people could say to you or other people with recovery or eating disorders, instead of saying like, oh, you look so healthy. Like what other comments could you say that are not appearance wise? So like, I just want to clarify, like you're trying to support someone in recovery? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's a great question. I've had to have conversations like this before, basically, where as opposed to like you're talking about body appearance and like you look so healthy, you put on a few pounds, whatever, just to, like actions too, like showing the person that you're supporting like a healthy relationship with food too, like sitting down with them and eating a meal, not bringing attention to how much they've eaten, how little they've eaten, what they've eaten, just like showing them, I'm going to sit with you eat this cookie, eat lunch with you, just so that you know I'm here without 
judging or like shaming you in any way. Um, and without bringing any attention to body, like you said, because like those are triggering statements to someone in recovery. So I think just little actions like that and saying things like, I'm here for you. If you ever you know, need a listening ear, if you ever need some extra support, just blanket statements like that, because you don't want to go too deep and like kind of push them away in a sense. Um, so yeah, I think for me, at least those were really helpful for when I was in the depths of it and like the early recovery stages. For sure. That is definitely something very helpful because sometimes comments can really affect people even if you don't realize it. Because there are some comments during my recovery that still like affect me. And, you know, you just have to sometimes like block it out, but realize that coming forward and talking to them is gonna help you too. It's gonna help them and help you and help them realize that little things like that can be big things. Yeah, I think that's a really important point that like a lot of people who have always had healthy relationships with food, they're totally for, like this is a foreign thing to them. They don't know how to navigate it. Like some of my family members did not know. Some of my friends have never had experiences like this. So it can be so tricky. And they think that they're saying something so helpful, like, oh, you ate a lot or, oh, you look so good. They don't know that that is triggering. So I think that's a really important point. For sure. So moving on to the next question. Um, so how did you start your account? Any tips on how to start like a wellness or recovery account to help others? Yeah, so I started my page, like I said, my, oh, I guess I didn't say this. <laughs> um, I started it my junior year of college and it started off as a platform to like share my healthy vegan, paleo, sugar-free, grain-free recipes and just show off my quote unquote healthy life. Um, that was what I put out, but behind the scenes, I was, you know, in a full-blown eating disorder, didn't even realize it at the time yet. Like I had, I didn't realize. Um, so I started off my page that way, just sharing recipes and it kind of like started to gain some traction. I gained a good amount of followers and like, I had a really nice community there. Um, and then it shifted to what it is today when I started my recovery journey, my senior year of college. So like 2021 ish, I posted a picture and I was like, Hey, I've been gone for a while. I'm in eating disorder recovery. And from there, I accessed like a whole other side of Instagram. When I started posting about my journey and like what I was feeling, I literally like word vomited my thoughts onto this page. I was introduced to this whole community of like anti-diet culture, recovery, food freedom. And that's just where that brought me to where I am today with it. So as for tips, starting any sort of wellness or any Instagram in general, I feel like number one is being you. And that's so cheesy, but like it is the most important thing to be genuine, to be authentic, to be yourself, because that totally translates when I'm looking at someone's page, I can tell like, okay, this is a bot <laughs> or like, this is someone actually telling me what they're feeling, sharing what they, they're passionate about, whatever. So I think that's the most important. Just be you, be authentic, be yourself and you're going to do great. 
yeah, I definitely think that is the number one important aspect into starting an account because without that, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not going to be anything without you. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like if you want that community that I was talking about, it doesn't have to be, you know, the recovery community, obviously, whatever you're posting about, if you want to find that group of people online, that's how you do it. The people that like really click with you that share the same values and beliefs as you, that's how you find them. And those connections are so important. They were huge in my own recovery. And I never would have gotten that extra support on my journey if I wasn't myself and sharing my actual, you know, being me on my page. Yeah, definitely. I personally find myself kind of pulling myself away from not, I mean, not pulling my completely myself away from the recovery community, but I kind of want to share my lifestyle, like what I love more than just food and I don't know, just the whole, I guess, sharing like my eating disorder stuff, which I think is super helpful and I love it. But I also want to show the things that I missed out on during my eating disorder. And I want to show that living is the beautiful thing after recovery. And obviously you're still going to go through the rocky parts, even if you're recovered, but I still think that living the things that you missed out on is important to show too. I love that. That's like, I have never like heard someone say something like that. Genuinely, that is so special. I feel like it's true because recover, like not recovery, um, having an eating disorder, like food and body take over your life. And that is like the epicenter of everything, every thought that you have. And then when you recover and you like gained this healed, or gained this healed relationship with food and body, it's still somehow the center, like just in a different way. And I just think it's really special what you just said, just like showing my life, things I've gained outside of a healed relationship with food and body and sharing that. Yeah, because outside of my life, I want to help girls and teenagers. Sorry, like Um, I want to help girls and teenagers my age learn that recovery is a beautiful thing because I visited this eating disorder clinic over the summer and it was a beautiful thing to experience because all these girls are going through the same thing but in different ways and it was great to talk to them and see what they were going through and what their in a way coping mechanisms I said that totally wrong, but <laughs> like what they do to help them because everybody has something different. Like I loved reading. I loved journaling. Journaling was just something, an outlet that nothing could have compared to because therapy was great, but journaling was just something that was, I don't know, I could tell anything to and not feel judged for what I was saying. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Journaling was super powerful for me too. I feel like I want to get back into it. I feel like I'm in a better place now where I don't feel as compelled to like write down my thoughts, but I do want to get back into it because even like when you're feeling high and when you're feeling good, it's helpful to like get things out and written on a paper. It's super powerful. Yeah, that is 
something that I feel like everybody should do, even if, I guess they could say they're not struggling, but even if, you know, they're not, I feel like everyone should try it and just see where it leads to. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, so for our last question to wrap up this episode, I would like to, you know, talk about tips on how to, let me try to word this right. <laughs> like, what helped you through the process? Were there specific things that helped you, I don't know, commute through whatever you're shuffling through? Yeah. Um it was so hard. Like I said, it was the hardest phase of my life. Um, as I'm sure so many people in recovery feel, I think a lot of it was dealing with the physical discomfort as well as the mental discomfort of eating more, eating foods that I'd restricted for so long, et cetera, et cetera. So dealing with those two factors were really significant. What I like repeated to myself throughout that stretch of time was discomfort is temporary. All discomfort is temporary. Just remembering that and repeating that, even if you don't believe it in the beginning, you say it enough and it turns out to be true. Um, because the bodily changes that happen can be like impossible to deal with. Um, so just remembering discomfort is temporary and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Like those were some things I repeated to myself all the time that really helped. Besides that, I loved baggy clothes. <laughs> I loved wearing what made me feel the most comfortable in the circumstances, given the fact that I was uncomfortable all the time. Um, like you said, I loved journaling, um, like just thought dumping, writing out everything uncensored just to get it out of my head so it's not spinning around up there. And I think another big thing that helped me get through it was leaning on people, not to the point of like fix me kind of thing, but just leaning on my sister, leaning on my mom, leaning on my dad, my friends, just having that support system is super important. And even if like, I've spoken to people who don't have an immediate support system, they don't have an immediate family nearby at least, or that they feel comfortable talking about this too. And that's where I'm like, go, go online because again, this recovery community is so powerful and so uplifting and supportive. So it is out there for everyone. And it's such an important factor of recovery. You can't do it. By, you don't have to do it by yourself. Not that you can't do it by yourself, but you don't have to. It makes it so much easier, I guess. It's not easy, but easier. For sure. I've seen the recovery community evolve over time. And I think right now it is, it is such a beautiful thing because back then it wasn't really didn't really spiral out of place like it is now because um, it was more in the realms of like diet culture. I feel like they were still figuring out what a recovery community is because people were still posting like what I eat in the days, which I think sometimes are an amazing helpful tool, but sometimes it can be super detrimental to some people's mental health and I think now people posting posts and posting reels like you do that just focus on learning that food is not something bad. It is something good that everybody needs in their life. So I think it's the, the community right now is 
something that everybody should just look at and realize that's evolved into this beautiful thing. Yeah, I agree. And my stance on like what I eat today is I kind of feel the same way. Like it's a, uh, what's the phrase? Double-edged sword where like it has its good, where you can see, you know, someone eating X, Y, and Z that you're afraid of and that can help you in that way. But then it's also just a tool for comparison. I feel like every time, at least for me, I would watch one of those. I was comparing, okay, so she had one snack. I had two. Okay. So she had this, I had whatever, like it, it's a little, a little bit like my stance on that is very, I don't know. I, I, I lean against more, Yeah. but yes, for sure. I could definitely talk about that topic for a long time, but this concludes our episode for today. And I am so grateful that you got to be my first guest and this is my first time talking to you and it was such an amazing time to just learn about you and just have this beautiful space to yeah talk to you. Yeah, I had a great time too. I know that it was cut a little bit short because I'm working, but I love this conversation and I hope it's not the last time that we get to chat because this was fun. <laughs> For sure. Is this your first time on a podcast? It is actually. Okay. Oh, well, that's awesome. I'm honored to have you, you know, your first podcast <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, I love it. This is our both of our firsts. Yes. Um, well, thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And yes. Yeah, you too. Thank you, Kylie. Of See course. Ya. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. So that concludes the first episode of season two for Daily Inspirations, and I'm so happy that you guys could be here today and listen to this. And I want to thank Isabel again for being here and taking the time to really just be on my podcast because I know that taking your time to do these little things can be big for your schedule. So I thank you again, Isabel, for that. And I also thank you guys for listening to this because this really means so much to me, this podcast, because I took a break from it for a while because I really wanted to find out what else there could be. And I learned that this podcast really is a big part of sharing my journey, sharing my life, and what else I can make out of from this. So... I'm so excited where this podcast can take me and future guests that air. And if you guys want to comment new episode ideas, I would love to hear that from you. And my account is at wellnessbykai on Instagram. And I hope you guys all have an amazing day.